the one that wrote the lighthouse. I mean, he didn't call y'all, he called me. Is everybody okay? Don't be jealous, I'm just talking about, you know, and my mind goes back, somebody help me. And I said, man, I ain't believing this. And, he said, and he's old assembly of God. And he said, well, let me pray for you before we go. And he got to praying, Tony, and that old assembly of God broke and all those phrases and anointing and all of that talk. Man, I felt like I was levitating driving down the road in the car. And uh, so who knows, if I talk in tongues tonight, I mean, I got it straight from Ronnie Henson, praise God. <clears throat> Anytime I preach up north, I talk in tongues, amen. And, and see, people, they don't get it up there. If you was talking about that preacher, he's foreign to the Holy Ghost. Anybody that calls a woman screaming in church instead of shouting, they're not even, they're not even in our galaxy. If they say, we was over there and a woman started screaming, I honestly doubt they're saved. I doubt they're saved. My, my spirit don't even bear witness to people like that. And, and I've been around this thing a long time. It's called shouting. And uh, anyway, that's not what I come. That was a great message. And, and the only thing I wish is I'd have preached it. Somebody say amen. And, uh, but I want to help you. Take, take your Bible to the book of Job. You're familiar with it. The theologians say this is the, la the very first literary page of the Bible. And it's been written about a man's life, 42 chapters designated to the episodes of a man who went through adversity. Uh, he didn't have the verse, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but, but he was fulfilling it. And when we read the story, you're familiar in verse 6, Satan shows up with the sons of God. I'm not going to read all of it, but he comes down and, and God uh, says, well, have you considered my servant Job? Verse 8. He says, there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, well, doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him? And about his house and about all that he hath on every side. And thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And I, I'm not here to read all the story, but you know the story. I mean, the bottom fell out on his life. Financial reversement, heartache and heartbreak and disappointment. And I mean, and the devil took everything but his wife. He had the right to take her. It's amazing. He knew who he could use against God's man. And he used that mouthy woman. Somebody say amen. Don't hiss at me, ma'am. I was preaching this before you come in and I preach it when I leave. Amen. Why don't you cuss God and die uh, with friends like that? Who needs enemies? Who needs a, I mean, he is in a mess. But the Bible proves in 42 chapters that he finished the course right. He died with integrity. I don't know who's fallen out between now and the next decade either. I'm amazed at men that I've looked up to and used as mentors who because their family compromised, they compromised. Because their daughter compromised or they married into a compromised situation and they just caved in on everything they'd ever known. You can still have Christmas with your backslidden family, with your contemporary listing young people, grandchildren, but, but you don't have to put your approval on their lifestyle. And, uh, and so he, he finished out. 
I got to thinking several things, and I want you to jot this down or stay with me real close. He was serving God, eschewing evil. He was fearing the Lord, and he did it under much adversity. And, and I know that we're in the 21st century, uh, and it's not easy now. Uh, it's never been easy to serve the Lord. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy to finish your life like Job did and not cave in and compromise during all of the hardship and all of the disappointment, then we all would finish, right? There'd never be casualties in the Christian life. It's not easy. I'm not being negative, I'm being honest. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. It's difficult. Uh, it's better than the transgressor. The Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard. It, it is hard, but it ain't easy trying to do right. It's strenuous. It's taxing. That's why it said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because you get weary. Not weary of the way, but weary in the way. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was a, a man who made it through. I'm talking about the criticism of man. He got misunderstood. He got misrepresented. He got lied on. I mean, man, all this was happening to him. Difficult times. And he didn't have a Bible. Let's just go on and understand. There was no Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There's no, there's no law. There's no Pentateuch. But every day of his life, Job got up out of a pile of ashes and scraped the sores with a pot shear, pus running out of him, flies blowing on him, and said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And he didn't have a Bible. And y'all understand, I'm not trying to beat the dead horse, but we have a dead horse in our church. And we bring him out every service just so in case I feel like beating him. Amen. Uh, praise God, I'm King James. And, and don't get, before I, ever, before I ever knew who Peter Ruckman was, I was King James. So, so don't get nervous about oh, you're a cult and all that stuff. I'm King James. If, if, when I was nine years old, I was lost. And if you'd have looked at me and said, does that Bible of King James, if you believe that's the word of God at nine years old, lost. Ten years old, lost. If you'd have said, is that, are we going to shoot you in the head and kill you if, you if you don't deny that Bible? I'd have said, shoot on. I had a fear of this Bible before I ever got saved. And most of y'all did. And I'm, and I'm king. But, but no, no, he didn't have a Bible at all. He had no Bible. Okay, we got that. What didn't he have? What didn't he have? Y'all got didn't? What didn't he have? Didn't have a Bible. Number two, he didn't have a Holy Ghost. Now, the night I got saved, I got baptized in the body by the Holy Ghost. I still ain't got over that. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I got the Holy Ghost. I got Jesus. And don't you get so hyper-spiritual. Children shouldn't ask Jesus into their heart. Don't be that shallow. If he's Christ in you, then that's Jesus. It's one Lord. It's, it's a trinity in three persons, co-equal, co-existent. And ain't nothing wrong with asking Jesus into your heart. You trying to make it too difficult, sir. Somebody say amen. Hey, man. And what I meant to say was he didn't have any Holy Ghost. But you and I got the Holy Ghost. I've, he's done ministered to me tonight three or four times before I got here. I mean, I'm still on the lighthouse, praise God. Somebody help me. Oh, Ronnie, big old thick Coca-Cola glasses. I felt something on that. Praise God. Amen. Look up in here. He didn't have the Bible, and he didn't have the Holy Ghost, and he didn't have a church. And y'all understand, I'm a local church, 
visible, baptized body of believers. If they're having a cockfight at the church, you bring a show and a roosters and a pocket full of $1 bills. Somebody say amen. Get involved in it. If it's happening at church, you need to be at it in church. Church is, in, I mean, but, but now understand, he lived with integrity and died as an example to humanity. The very first page of scripture that was penned was the episodes and the life and times of Job. And he didn't have a King James Bible. And he didn't have any of the original manuscripts. And neither does anybody else. And he didn't have the Holy Ghost. And he didn't have a local church. I'm so church, that's all I do is church. I'm in church, I feel like I'm backslid if I miss one night a week not being in some church. I mean, that's what I do all the time. I go coon hunting after church. Somebody help me. Amen. I go to church, friend. I met my wife in church. We got married in church. I, I mean, I, everything I know about church. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. But Job died with integrity. There wasn't even a mark on him. He was a sinner, no doubt, but he, he kind of carried the traits of Joseph. You couldn't find nothing wrong with him. Everything, he eschewed evil. He was an upright man. He feared God, even with pus running out of his sores and his wife cussing him out and his friends mocking him and doubts coursing through his mind. He said it had been better if I didn't have been born. But he never charged God foolishly through all that stuff. He, he, he died with integrity. Y'all still with me? And he didn't have a Bible. And he didn't have a Holy Ghost. He didn't have a local church. He didn't have a pastor. Didn't have no priest. Didn't have no prophets. Now I'm going to get to my message. It's all introduction. I'm, I'm going to hurry. But I'll tell you what he had. He had in verse 5. We find what he had in verse 5. And it was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and he rose up early in the morning and he offered what? What did he offer everybody? According to the number of all them, them all, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, and thus Job did continually. Now this is the word that the compromisers, millennials, whatever, recovering, they can't stand this word. He had tradition. He had the old paths. He didn't have no Bible. I can, everything we do at church, we'll have those that creep in. They're Jude, you know, they're creeps. They've crept in unawares. We got creeps coming in all the time at our church trying to change us, trying to undermine our position. And the first thing they'll say was, what verse do y'all have for that? Listen at me. What verse do y'all have for that? I ain't, what we say where I come up, we ain't got an iron. We just been told to do it this way. You understand, Job didn't have a verse for anything. Job didn't have one verse. He couldn't quote a verse and say, well, the Bible said. He couldn't say, well, the Holy Ghost led me because he didn't have no Holy Ghost. This is all good preaching. All he had was this story when he was a little boy. 
his daddy said, let me tell y'all, youngins, come in here a minute. To, to, we're going to sit around the fireplace. Long time ago, there was, was this man named Cain. And there was a man, his brother named Abel. And I don't know all about it, but Abel had a good sacrifice. It was blood, and God accepted his sacrifice, and he refused Cain's sacrifice. And Cain got mad as a junkyard dog. That's in the ancient Masoretic. He got mad as a junkyard dog and, and he killed his brother. And from that day on, boys and girls, we've been offering sacrifices. And one of them said, Job said, what verse do we have, daddy? In Thessalonians, it says, I command you. And he, in and that last that chapter, he says, he said, I know you're going to heed my commandment. And he said, I'm going to command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you don't even follow after. You mark the brother. You distance yourself from a brother who does not walk after our traditions. Not, not our doctrine. We all, you ought to know somebody denies a virgin birth. We're not rubbing shoulders, somebody rubbing shoulders, somebody rubbing shoulders. You can call it secondary separation, 97. But if they die, deny the virgin birth, we're not yoking up with that crowd. If they deny the verbal plenary inspiration of scriptures, that ain't our crowd. If they deny the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that he got up on the third day, we don't, we, that's, that's doctrinal position. And the problem is a lot of these institutions, a lot of these institutions, they have the same doctrinal statement we have. If you read their doctrine, you read the doctrinal statement of the Southern Baptist Convention, most of it lines up right we do. But look at them, it's two different animals. Don't tell me there's not a difference. Don't look down like you lost a quarter. It's preaching time. Now I'm going to get to my message. All he had was tradition. And tradition, his allegiance to those traditions brought the approval of God on his life. He didn't have to have an explanation. Somebody said, why do y'all do that? I said, because Brother Roloff said do it that way. Well, then why are you watching television? Because we didn't do everything Brother Roloff said do. <laughs> Amen. Y'all okay? Stay with me. I'm, I'm here tonight because I've been told this is the right way. My spirit bears witness to it, but he didn't have a spirit to bear witness to anything. He didn't have a Bible he didn't have a church. He didn't have a Holy Ghost. He didn't have a preacher. But with tradition, he attained the approval of God. Now here's where we are in the 21st century. We've got everything. And we're losing a crowd right and left. And it's not just these younger people that we're losing. It's their parents and it's their grandparents. And it's generations of those that have walked in the way. And now they come down. And I'm telling you, if they think they're going to hear well done, you're pretty naive if you think, well, I just can't wait till I get to heaven, old fire, and I'm going to hear well done. No, you have, you're not going to hear well done if you ain't done well. It's not going to happen like that. What did he not know and still died with integrity? Jot this down. Number one, he did not know. He was very unaware that he 
had been pitted against the devil. The Lord had such trust in Job that he said, of all the humanity that you've seen, Satan, what about old Job down there? He's so old-timey, he's still with them traditions of Abel. He's so old-timey. Job's so old-timey devil that he wore his knees out on his swimsuit. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's old-time. Go check that old, go check that Jeremiah 616 man that don't even have 616 that's still in 616. If it, and he, he was pitted against the devil. Now, I'm, I'm competitive. Y'all pray for me. I wish I wasn't that way. Really, I do. I could rest better. But, but I mean, I, I, if I trip a girl in a foot race to win, somebody say, I'm talking about a pretty girl. Amen. It doesn't bother me a bit. I, if I'm losing in checkers, I'm going to find a way to flip the board over. Somebody hit me. But he had no idea. He had no idea that God had put him against the devil. But every morning when the sun got up, the rooster crowed, he'd get up out of that pile of ashes and dust them ashes off and say, praise God, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He didn't know his quotes were making the 66 canon books of the Bible. He had no idea God was recording his words. He said, praise God. He said, the Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. About that time his wife said, oh, hush. He said, shut up, woman. You talk like a crazy something or another. He didn't even know. You and I know that God's counting on us. It ought to make us serve God with every fiber of our being. With every breath, I'm talking about to the last hour that we live. I'm talking about to the last drop of blood out of our body. I don't understand this compromise because God's counting on us to stand for something. We've been handed a heritage, ma'am. We've been a rich heritage. What's this crowd doing sinning against their heritage because they ain't got a verse for it? What that does, that irritates my lower intestine. Somebody help me. Hey, he didn't have any concept. He was unaware. He, he, he was uninformed that there was a hedge of protection around him. Now you and I know that God Almighty is guarding our lives. And nothing's going to come our way, I'm telling you, unless it crosses the desk of God Almighty with his approval. Thank God for there's no temptation taken you with such as is common to man. But God is faithful. And with every, not some of them, but praise God, but God is faithful. And with every temptation, I'll make a way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. But he didn't know that. And he'd get up and he'd say, man, man, this is rough. Amen. I mean, man, he done offered everything he had. You understand? He ain't got a cow to offer. He ain't got a bullock to offer. He ain't got a lamb to offer. He ain't got, a, he ain't got any money. His bank accounts were overdrawn. But he would stand in that pile of ashes. As if to say, Lord, I'm giving you myself. And Lord, I, I don't know what's going on. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to charge you foolishly, God. You're still God. I don't understand why this is happening. And Lord, I don't know, but man, good night. help me, Lord. And here we know that every temptation comes our way, God's going to make an avenue to get out. And he didn't even know it. He's looking over his shoulder all the time. After you have two or three church splits, you'll start looking over your shoulder all the time. Amen. I've had nine of them. 
And this ninth one has been really more enjoyable than any of the previous eight that we've had. Amen. You start, you start looking, you start, man, you start shaking like a shortstop. Is everybody okay? What's going on? What's coming? What's next? Oh, my house is gone. I, my children are dead. My hopes for grandchildren are gone. I ain't got nothing but a nagging wife. I, I mean, praise God, my friends hate me. What's next? And every morning, instead of getting up, and I'm so sick of hearing bad, I'm un, I know there's such a reality as depression, but why you got to stay there? That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You, you want to be that way. You're, you're looking for sympathy, friend. If anybody deserves sympathy, he did. But every day he'd get up out of that pile of ashes. I don't understand why. You know what? He didn't have that we have. He didn't know why. And I hear people, well, that brother Tony, when I get up, I'm just going to ask the Lord why. I don't think you're going to ask him much. You tacky didn't talk like that. You ain't going to ask the Lord much. He didn't know why. I mean, he, he went through some, I'm talking about adverse circumstances without an explanation. With no why. No understanding. But every day, without any explanation, we know that Romans 8, 28 said, For all things work together. For the good of them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose. We've already got an 828. I eat 28 all the time. Does anybody eat 28 besides me? I eat 28. I look at families that come in and I eat 28. And I look at families that leave and I eat 28. Man, I go through difficulties, financial reversement. I mean physical illness. I'm, and I say, well, but, but I know that in that situation, God's working out something for the good. But Sister Blackwell, he didn't know that. Without knowing that all this was for the good, he didn't know, he didn't know why this was happening. Why is this happening to me? Can I stop right there and interject this thought? Hey, don't waste every trial that comes in your life. They sang about trials a while ago. Man, learn something from them trials. Don't go through trials and waste your whole trial. Man, I mean, trials you're going through are valuable. They, they're going to make you come forth as gold. Quit asking God why and ask Him what. What, why? What, what, what can I learn from this, this heartbreak? What can I learn from this disappointment? What can I learn from this despair? What can I learn in this dark hour of my life? Oh God, what can I learn? Don't, don't start that why stuff. God's going to do right. He didn't know. He didn't know, but we know that the whole thing was being recorded. Think about that now. Now we know we're epistles read and learned. We know that God's keeping even the record of our idle words. But we're living in the day of reality TV. Everywhere you go is a camera. I mean, I've quit picking my nose at a red light. Somebody help me. They're they looking at you. I don't care what you do. Amen. Everywhere I turn, man, somebody looking for got a camera looking at you. Job had no idea the camera was on him, but he got up every morning. Well, praise God. 
I'm going to serve the Lord today. I came into this world with nothing, and I'm going to leave out of here with nothing. I'm trying to help you. He had no idea. But we know. He had no idea. He had no idea when it would be over. I've worked public work most of my life, and, and I've worked for myself. And, and, and Fridays are always good days. That's when you get paid. Somebody help me. And I, I like you make your 40 hours or whatever you're working. And, man, I always look forward to that last, that last day of the week because I know we're going to get a paycheck. Used to square bale hay, now we roll everything. But when we square bale, we'd count bales and we'd figure out how many we could put up in a day. And man, I'd look, I'd say, well, there won't be too many. We're going to get through in a little bit. It may be dark, but we're going to put the last bell in here in just a little while. I knew I could gauge it's coming to an end. It's going to be over. We already know that this thing, this Laodicea in church age, we know Revelations 4.1 is just right at the end of chapter 3. I'm not trying to go too deep for y'all, but I mean, you know, that ought to be anybody knows that. Somebody help me. And if you're mid-trib or all that junk, what are you doing here for? Why don't you just go all millennial and join the bless God primitive? Somebody say amen. We're in, this is a missionary Baptist church we're in. Somebody help me. And, 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 but we know that the thing's winding down. And just any time we're going to hear a trump of God sound. The dead in Christ. But, but he didn't even know about, he didn't even really know about heaven. Now think about that. All he knew was, I know my Redeemer liveth, and I know that though the skin worms devour my body, yet in my flesh shall, but he didn't know anything about heaven. He didn't have a Bible. What a motivation heaven is for us. He didn't know how long, I, I, can, I can do, if, if I know that I'm, I'm coming, I got so many, if I, could just, if I could just last this much longer. Is anybody else like that? It always, I, always, I never go first in any contest. Because I got to see how long that dude lasts. We, the other night we went to eat at a restaurant down in the country and they had a playground right out there and, and, and they was all out there hanging. See who could hang the longest. Well, I mean, I used to could do that before I started trying to hide this beach ball under this t-shirt. Somebody say amen. And man, they was out there hanging. My, my, my granddaughter could hang like minutes. You know, I got out there like 30 seconds first time and I said, I, I ain't doing that no more. I said, Troy, you go first. I mean, he's in shape. You go, you go, you go later on, you got the advantage because you know how long you got to hang to beat the next one. Somebody help me. And that's, I told y'all I ain't going to lose. I had a long sleeve shirt on. They didn't see it, but I rolled that shirt up on that bar. Man, I, I, I had straps holding me onto that thing. Come hell or high water, live fat or die skinny, I'm fixing to win this hanging thing. I started, y'all go ahead and make reservations to the hospital, but I'm going to win this thing, praise God. It may cost me 200000 worth of hospital bills, but I'm going to win this hanging contest. My shoulders are coming out of socket. I can't breathe. I'm going through asphyxiation, but I'm going, I'm going to win this thing, praise God. Wake me up when I pass out. Help me. But I knew how long. We don't know how long, but we know Jesus is coming. He had no concept. He thought, is this going to be every day of my life like this? 
Am I going to have to live the rest of my life and never hold a grandbaby? Am I going to live the rest of my life and never have a happy time at the holidays and put my arms around my children? Am I, is it going to be like this the rest of my life? Am I going to have to worship God by myself in a pile of ashes under the scrutiny of society, being mocked and made fun of, misrepresented? Is that how it's going to be till I die? He had no idea when it was going to be over, but when the sun came up in the morning, he said, Time to go, boys. Rise and shine. They're mocking old time religion, but I'm going to hang in there, praise God. Turn to chapter 42, and I'm through. He had no idea. According to chapter 42 and verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen. That's 2,000 oxen. And 1,000 she asses. And he had also seven sons and three more daughters. That right there, I bet his wife wished, wished, wished she had died. Somebody say Amen. She running that mouth, she got paid back for it. Somebody say amen. And the Bible said in verse 16, and after this Job, he lived for 140 years, and he saw sons, and his sons' sons, even four generations. And so Job died being old and full of days. I, I'm no theologian. I'm really not too deep at all, and I don't say that facetiously. I'm not asking for you to pat me on the back, but I did look up at full of days. That's not calendar pages. What that means is he fulfilled the purpose of his life. Because there's probably one time, Brother Tony, when he's sitting at a pile of ashes, he thought, I'll never get to give another dime to the work of God. I'll never get to worship God like we used to. I'll probably never get to offer another burnt sacrifice like we used to. He, he didn't understand all that sacrifice stuff, but he knew that was something about God in it. Because that was what had been handed him. And he said, man, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. But in the end, he fulfilled his days. He, he finished all, I, I believe every single goal, spiritual goal, every single financial goal, every single personal challenge he had, he, he was able to accomplish it all. It ain't over yet. Some of you right now may be going through the darkest hour of your life. Your children are wayward, you're disappointed. Things haven't happened just exactly like you want them to. Let me tell you, don't you give up on God. Don't you throw in the towel. It ain't over yet. He didn't know the end was better than the beginning. But we know there is a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. We know heaven's real. It won't be long now. And it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I see the lights of that city so bright of my home, sweet home. We're nearing the shore, we're nearing the shore. Soon our troubles will be o'er, we'll suffer no more. Heartache all done, 
is one. Tis joy to know that we're nearing the shore. Heaven's, heaven's just around the bend. The, the reward is just ahead. Don't quit now. We're going to be there for long. If some morning I am gone from this veil of tears, I'm going home to live again. I am going on a trip. When I say goodbye, I'll live again. Over on the other side, I'll live again. Over on that golden strand, I'll sing and shout with a mighty angel band. You'll see me rise beyond the starry skies. I'll live again over on the other side. I've a mansion over there built in beauty rare. I'm going home to live again. When they lay me in the grave, don't you weep for me. I'll live again over on the other side. I'll live again over on that golden strand. I'll sing and shout with a mighty angel band. You'll see me rise beyond the starry skies. I'll live again over on the other side. That's real to me. With all of that motivation and that spirit bearing witness on the inside, why don't you by the grace of God say, I'm not going to veer from the old past. It is the undoubtedly the good way. It's unarguably the good way. And though, though I may be the only one standing in my family, I'm going to stand. Let's stand together, heads about. Pianist is coming. The pastor will conduct the invitation as he sees fit. But obviously, if you're unsaved tonight, you're among friends. Nobody in here would embarrass you. We're excited you came. But if you're not sure of your eternal destination, God wants to save you, and he can save you. He's never failed yet. If you're lost, why don't you come to this altar and get saved tonight? But if you're a Christian and you're like me, I'll be the first to 